Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in the city that never sleeps, Mumbai, India, with my good friend Ashish Namjoji of The Points Pundit. Ashish grew up in Mumbai before coming to the U.S. for his MBA. He travels to Mumbai at least once a year to see friends and family, and he started learning about travel rewards just so he could reduce the cost of those flights. In this episode, we'll talk about Bollywood films, seeing the Taj Mahal at the Gateway of India, and watching a cricket match at Wakandi Stadium. You're about these three great stories and so much more. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Mumbai. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Whether I'm traveling for business or pleasure, it's important to have clothes that make me look good and feel great. I wear Bluffworks jeans, slacks, dress shirts, and blazers because they're wrinkle-free and are designed for the modern traveler. And if they get dirty, a quick spin in the washing machine, and they're good as new. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash bluffworks for a special offer and to select from the latest styles so you can stay wrinkle-free when you travel. Hey, Ashish. How you doing? Welcome to the show. Good. How are you, Lee? Everything's great. So we're talking about a city in India that, uh, that you know really well, and I think of travelers would love to visit. So we're talking about Mumbai today. Yes, I spent the first 23 years of my life in Mumbai, and I've uh, grown up um, living and loving the city. And so what caused you to leave? I came to the U.S. as an MBA student, so um, I always wanted to pursue my higher studies. And then I had some experience working in marketing and advertising back in India. So after I completed all the requirements and got my admission into college over here, I decided to move to the U.S. And that's how pretty much uh, my stint with Mumbai ended after 23 years. Nice. And you and I both blog over at the Boarding Area website. Mm-hmm. I think one of the reasons why you started your website is with all the travel you're doing back and forth between the U.S. and, and India, correct? Yes. It's kind of an annual trip. If you talk to any uh, Indians living in the U.S. and uh, or any Indian Americans in the U.S. as well, they'll tell you that they always have that annual visit to India. So that's how that idea kind of uh, came to fruition. Well, that's great. And I think, you know, again, a lot of people are making that type of trip. And they're paying a lot of money in cash to be able to fly that. And getting into all the miles and points of things that we do is a great way to be able to reduce that cost significantly when you're traveling to you know, a different continent like, like you are when you're flying to, to Mumbai. Yes. I mean, tickets can be as expensive as 1200 to $1,300 per person, especially in the peak seasons from December to February. So, hey, if you're in the miles and points, uh, you can bring that cost down to pretty much like 10 or 20 bucks. <laughs> Nice. If you wanted to, to travel there, you kind of mentioned a, a little, uh, hinted about it a little bit there. The best time to visit Mumbai is during that kind of winter time? Yes. So a couple of different ways of looking at it. I call it kind of the festive season. If you're looking to attend a few of the religious festivals in India, and especially in Mumbai, I think the best time uh, would be in August and then in October, because you have the Ganesh Utsav, which is the big uh, Ganesh festival, uh, the elephant-headed god. You have massive processions as they immerse the god into the sea. And then you also have Diwali, which is in October and November each year. Then you also have the art festivals, which are primarily between December and March. So that's kind of when there are a lot of different art and literature festivals. There's the Tata Literature Festival. There's the Kalagoda Art Festival. And there's so much to do even at the NCPA, which is the National Center for Performing Arts in India. It's just a lot of activities happening during that time. 
I know that you know, I have young children and sometimes it's a little bit difficult to be able to travel during the fall period or even like early spring like that. What happens like if you want to travel during the summer when like, you know, kids are out of school? Uh, the way it works is that from June to about August in India, it's the monsoon season. So I wouldn't really advise traveling during that time because it, we get a lot of rain sometimes. Okay. If you want to travel slightly earlier, say about spring break, April is going to be really hot and humid. Um, that's our summer. And also what happens is if you are in town in April, I would suggest uh, you go and watch a game at the Wankhede Stadium, which is we have the Indian Premier League games that happen in April and May. And if you have Mumbai playing against Bangalore or uh, Chennai, then the, the stadium is packed. I mean, you're talking about about 40,000 people in a stadium. So if you're in summer and if you have some time, then you should definitely catch one of those games. Yeah, that sounds like fun. You lived in Mumbai for, like you said, about 23 years. If you had to describe the people in Mumbai or even the, the city itself in a couple of words, how would you do that? So uh, there, a couple of words would be, I would say, vibrant. It's the city which is the financial capital of India. So you step out at midnight, pretty much any of the major parts of the city, you'll still get food to eat. You will see people walking around. We call it the city that never sleeps. If you look at media reports right from the 90s when I was growing up in, in India, it was always referred to as a city that never sleeps. The second thing that always stands out is the fact that it's kind of an overflow of diversity. So the reason why Mumbai attracts a lot of talent from all over India is because it's the financial capital and it has a lot of jobs. It produces a lot of the GDP of the country as well. So you have uh, people from about 29 states in India all migrating to this place for jobs and you have this influx of different languages and cultures. So if you look at India, there are 29 states and each one of them has their own language. When I was growing up, for example, in Mumbai, my neighbor spoke a totally different language from what I did. So that kind of speaks to the diversity. Now, a lot of your listeners might also be knowing that India is also the, the place where four of the world's religions were born, Hinduism, Sikhism, Jainism, and Buddhism. But the city of Mumbai also has a very interesting Jewish history. If you look and listen to a lot of the uh, reports also in the New York Times, a lot of Jews, when they were getting persecuted around the world, India was one of the places that welcomed them. And you will also see statements from prominent Jewish faith leaders saying that uh, India was a country where there was no anti-Semitism. If I'm not mistaken, there are still seven to eight synagogues that are still thriving in Mumbai. Some of the prominent landmarks in Mumbai, the Flora Fountain, as well as the Sassoon Docks, were financed by prominent Jewish financiers. In fact, one of the earliest synagogues, which are still standing right now, was built in the 19th century. So... It's an amazing city to grow up in. I mean, if you want to get a great mix of different cultures, uh, not just Indian culture from different states, but also world religions and culture, it's a fascinating place to grow. Wow, I, I didn't know that, that there were uh, there was a lot of Jewish people that lived in India. That's really interesting to hear. And, and it's like you said, it's great that it's that melting pot. So if somebody's looking to, to travel to India and visit Mumbai, uh, where should they fly into? To narrow it down, there are three specific options. One is from uh, Southeast Asia. You can connect to Singapore or uh, Hong Kong. Uh, my favorite is Singapore Airlines. I just love the connectivity that they have. They fly directly from a lot of the major U.S. cities to Singapore and then connect to Mumbai. On the other hand, uh, you also can fly from Europe. You have Lufthansa as one of the options. Um, also Air France, KLM and Delta. They kind of have a joint venture where um, you're flying Delta and KLM on the way to Mumbai. And on the way back, it's uh, Air France and Delta. And then from the Middle East, you have three carriers. You have Qatar Airways, you have Emirates, and you have Etihad. And um, any guesses which one is my favorite? It's Emirates. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
a lot of great options there on, on, for the airlines. There's just the one airport there that you would fly into, correct? Yes. Uh, so the new airport, uh, the Mumbai airport, it actually underwent renovation a few years back. If you are a first-time visitor to India and if you're flying into Mumbai, it's a fascinating airport just to spend some time at. There are a lot of art galleries, the way it has been designed. It kind of embodies uh, a lot of different aspects of Indian culture. The previous airport was just like any other airport in the world. I love the new airport because they spend a lot of time thinking about the way they want to design it. That's really good. Yeah, because sometimes, you know, you've, you visit certain airports and it's not a place you really want to be at all. But it's wonderful when they really take a lot of care and effort into it and make it like a real experience. That can be like a really great entrance to the city instead of uh, maybe you're on your way just passing through there. And you get a great experience of that from that airport makes you want to come back and actually come and visit the rest of the city. Yes. And it's a really busy airport. So they get a lot of traffic. I mean, sometimes you might have a few delays uh, while taking off or 15 to 20 minutes like you have at a lot of major uh, U.S. airports as well. You will see a lot of tourists either connecting or flying out of Mumbai. And they spend a lot of time at uh, those shops buying those cool artifacts and souvenirs as they're about to leave from Mumbai. <laughs> Right on. Okay, so so we've flown into Mumbai. Obviously, you need a passport because it's an international flight from the U.S. But beyond that, do we need a, a visa, any shots? What else do we need when we're flying in? Currently, as far as I know, the if you're a U.S. citizen, you can apply for the online visa. So that's uh, pretty standard. I think it probably takes about a week for it uh, to get processed. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah, the worst thing you want to do is like show up there at the airport after you've flown. What, how, how long is the flight? So if you're connecting from uh, Singapore, uh, it takes about 15 hours to reach Singapore and then about five and a half hours from Singapore to Mumbai. And through Europe, it kind of breaks the journey for you, if that's what you prefer. I actually flew from uh, Santa Ana Airport to Salt Lake City and then Amsterdam. That's about nine hours and then another nine hours from Amsterdam to Mumbai. Oh, wow. Yeah. So so either way, no matter which direction you're going, it's about 20 hours or so to, to get there. And the last thing you want to do is fly those 20 hours. Hopefully not an economy, but <laughs> but if you're flying those you know, all that way, the last thing you want to do is get there and uh, and be kind of turned away if you don't have the proper paperwork. Yes. Uh, so previously, uh, I still remember some of my American friends who actually traveled to uh, Mumbai for my wedding. They had to do the paperwork and things like that. But now with the EV sites, a lot easier because you don't have to actually visit the consulate and do all those things. Oh, good. Okay. So we've flown into the airport. What's the best way to get from the airport to the city? Do we rent a car? Do we use public transportation, Uber, Lyft, you know, anything like that? So I would definitely advise against driving. Traffic is pretty crazy. And by crazy, it's probably something that a lot of people over here cannot imagine. So uh, driving is definitely not recommended, especially during peak hours. Uber is a very good option at the airport if you want to get uh, a ride share. The other option that we also have it is an Indian local company called Ola, O-L-A, Okay. And if you arrive at Mumbai Airport, it's a specific designated pickup area for Uber and Ola cabs. Now, uh, the one thing that I would like uh, people to know is that if you are arriving at a peak hour, so if you're arriving where a bunch of flights like Emirates or Singapore arrive, I would probably caution against booking an Uber and Ola because that area where the pickup area is really gets crowded at times because there are tens of flights arriving at the same time. The other option that you can also take is a prepaid taxi. So right after you exit customs and immigration, you will see a counter that says prepaid taxi. You uh, just pay them the money. They will uh, give you a token and you go to the counter and pick up the taxi. So that can be at times a lot quicker, especially if you're arriving at a busy time. Okay. So if you're talking about paying like that, 
do we need to exchange currency? Can we use US dollars or is it just best just to stick with the credit card? It's better if you carry some cash in hand. Over the last four to five years, we have seen a lot of uh, digitization of the economy. In a lot of major restaurants, pubs, and bars, you will see that they accept most credit cards. It can be a bit difficult in some places, especially smaller restaurants. They don't accept uh, American Express. But if you have a Visa or a MasterCard, you should get get fined pretty easily. Okay. And, but you still recommend maybe at, at an airport ATM, definitely with the bank, not a foreign, uh, like a, not an exchange office, but uh, get maybe 100 or $200 worth of uh, local currency and then use, try to use your credit card as much as you can. Definitely. So uh, one of the things I would also recommend is there's an app called Paytm. It's kind of a mobile wallet. If you run short of cash and uh, there are a lot of smaller vendors who are either selling food or something else, they also accept Paytm. They have for their apps uh, on their own phones as well. Uh, that's another option in addition to carrying, uh, carrying cash. Okay. And we'll, we'll link to that in the show notes for sure. So, okay. Now, when we're looking at places to stay while we're in Mumbai, are there certain neighborhoods that maybe we should avoid or is everything pretty much okay? Kind of like in the US, obviously certain areas, maybe not that good. So from a safety and security standpoint, I would say that there are definitely certain neighborhoods that you, you must avoid. But in places where most of the hotels are located, you should be okay. If you are a first-time tourist, though, and you have less time to visit around the city, I would recommend that you not stay close to the airport because the airport is slightly far from South Bombay, where a lot of the ancient landmarks and a lot of the things to see are. And you might get stuck in traffic uh, while going from the airport to the uh, southern part of the city. So if you stay at a lot of the prominent hotels in South Bombay, I think that should be a perfect way to uh, explore the city. All right, let's talk about some of those attractions that people shouldn't miss when they visit Mumbai. Oh, yeah. There, there's so many different things to do. Obviously, if you look at a lot of the travel brochures, uh, one of the prominently featured landmarks is the Gateway of India, which is where the Taj Mahal Hotel is also located. Uh, one of the most fascinating parts of the city for me is the Marine Drive, where you just walk by the Arabian Sea all the way to the Gateway of India, and you see a lot of people you know, selling snacks and all kinds of good stuff to eat. You can have uh, coconut water and walk on the beach. There is also what we call the Khaugalli, which is basically a lane of uh, street vendors selling food, which is very close to the Churchgate station in, in South Mumbai. They sell some really yummy Indian food. So that's another thing that's really there to see. Uh, on top of that, right in South Mumbai, you also have the NCPA, which is the National Center for Performing Arts. If you love music and art, that's a fascinating place to see. Uh, right from Indian classical music to Western classical orchestra, even jazz. That's something that you can experience at the NCPA. If you are staying in South Mumbai, it's also where the Wankhede Stadium is, where I was talking about the, the cricket games. Uh, that's where the cricket games also happen. Okay, cool. Yeah, I see cricket on TV and occasionally on ESPN. And I have the hardest time trying <laughs> to follow it. I can't imagine trying to swing and hit the ball as it's bouncing out the ground. There are definitely some very skilled players there. So it's actually old, a lot older than uh, and than baseball. I, I actually read a story where they're talking about how baseball actually adapted from cricket. <laughs> so uh, like most other Indians, I grew up playing cricket. So I, I know how tough it is, especially when you get hit with another ball. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Let's talk about a couple of other things before we take off here. The elephant caves. Uh, what is that? Oh, the elephant caves, they are actually an ancient caves. They've been there for many years now. And you, you basically have to take a ferry from uh, the Gateway of India, and that, that's how you get there. 
And then there are tours and things like that. So it's it's a really good short day trip for a lot of people who are living who are actually visiting the southern part of Mumbai. It's always interesting seeing some of the the ancient history of the different places when you travel, especially as you travel internationally. And you'll also see. I mean, one of the most interesting parts of the southern part of Mumbai is that the a lot of the ancient buildings that are made out of stone by the British are still intact. A lot of these have been converted into landmarks. So yeah, even if you go and visit the uh, Chhatrapati Shivaji Terminus, which was previously called the Victoria Terminus, uh, which is basically a train station, and it's a huge old uh, stone building. Similarly, the Churchgate Station is also like that. And there are a lot of ancient buildings and artifacts that have still been preserved in that part of town. Now, one of the things that I know that is really popular in India is, is Bollywood. We have Hollywood in California, but Bollywood is, uh, is something all unto its own over in India. Oh, it's, it's really huge. So you have the film city in one of the suburbs in Mumbai. That's where a lot of the film shoots happen. So I know a lot of people have, have been to Universal. So if you want to kind of go and have a look at how film shoots happen in Bollywood, you, can, you should go visit Film City. Yeah, well, we'll definitely have to check that out. Do they have a little tour? Uh, hopefully they don't have a shark like we have over in Universal Studios. Um, it's been a while since I went uh, last went there, but I think they should definitely have tours where you can actually go and see what's happening uh, behind the scenes. The last thing I want to talk about as far as the attraction side is the Sanjay Gandhi National Park. That's actually in the northern part of Mumbai. And if you want to visit the Sanjay Gandhi National Park, uh, you'll probably have to take uh, an Uber ride. I would suggest heading there probably off peak hours because traffic from south to north in the evening is really crazy. So that's one time of the day that you need to avoid. If you're heading to the Sanjay Gandhi National Park, you should head to the Kaneri Caves again. That is one place that you must go see. And there are a lot of nice hikes and treks in in that national park as well. Oh, good. Yeah, and it's, especially like you mentioned, if you're coming there at certain times of the year, maybe it's not going to be as hot. So that way you can take on some of those hikes without getting too exhausted. Yeah, and I actually wanted to mention one more thing. In, in the southern part of Mumbai, there are also a lot of great museums. There was the uh, old Prince of Wales Museum. There's also the Jahangir Art Gallery, which is located again in South Mumbai in the Kolaba area. So if you have a keen eye for art and culture and kind of want to explore some of the history of India, even before independence and after independence, there's a lot to see in that part. In fact, a lot of those grounds, if you uh, look up Azad Maidan and Cross Maidan, these are now cricket grounds where you will see kids playing cricket and, you know, going for cricket coaching classes and things like that. In the pre-independence era, these were places where uh, we were used for demonstrations and speeches uh, kind of against the British rule. And where these were actually used as places to organize people to fight against the British rule. No, oh, very interesting. Yeah. Well, we only have a couple more minutes left, but I don't want to miss out on talking about some of the great food that's in India. So obviously we have Indian food here in the U.S., uh, I'm sure it doesn't meet anywhere near the same same specifications as it is there in India. But still, where should we go when we when we visit Mumbai? So the best part about Mumbai is that you know uh, we always talk about Mumbai being the financial capital. So there's diversity in terms of options of food, and uh, if you want to try different cuisines from all over India, you can still do that. Uh, you can try uh, South Indian food if you visit the suburb of Matunga or the other, you will have so many options of South Indian food if you love dosas and sambar and chutney and all of that. Those uh, are pretty early. And uh, if you go at even 5 a.m. in the morning, uh, you can get a nice cup of filter coffee and dosa with sambar. If you are visiting Mumbai, then you must eat chaat. Chaat is what we call street food, but that is kind of uh, a specialty of Mumbai. 
there are a few dishes which are again very very prominent the vada pav which is again uh, it's kind of goes with if you visit mumbai you must have the vada pav or the pav bhaji or the pani puri so a lot of these dishes you will find even with small street vendors and as i spoke about before about khau gali you should go visit there uh, a lot of small street vendors selling all of this stuff it's fantastic now this is just the budget stuff you know you can have a really good meal if you have the chaat food on the street for under a couple of dollars but if you want to really go high end there are some of the best uh, hotels and restaurants around town whether you go to 55 east which is located inside the grand hyatt if you are staying at the jw marriott in juhu i would suggest that you get the breakfast package because the breakfast is out of this world you have a combination of both indian breakfast and continental breakfast so it's the best of both worlds you can have uh, an ex benedict if you want or you can also have a dosa for breakfast nice you get the best of both worlds for sure so we talked about kogali there's another place called bkc what is that so bkc is located further north uh, it's kind of central mumbai uh, it stands for bandra kurla complex that's the acronym it's actually been developing as a commercial complex over the last 5 to 6 years i mean you will have offices of a lot of the major indian banks as well you have city bank and a lot of major financial corporations located there so what has happened is a lot of new eateries pubs and bars have sprung up in the last few years so a few of them are really really good if you want to hang out after spending a day in the city uh, there are some good happy hours you also visit the lower parel area where we have the the phoenix mills uh, which is right uh, next to the saint regis mumbai uh, you have a lot of pubs and bars over there as well uh, you go to the british uh, brewing company there's also the irish house further down south uh, there are bars like effingat then also there's a chain called social if you are in kolaba you visit kolaba social so that's again a nice bar uh, very good snacks and drinks over there well right on yeah that sounds like it sounds really good i mean there's a lot of options and again You got a great Indian food but you still have some of that English uh, influence there as well, right? So what's very interesting is that if you look at a lot of the urban centers in India, you will see that a lot of the younger crowd under 30 who have been probably working for a multinational corporation, they like to eat out and they want to try something different. So that's why you have a lot of Italian restaurants, you have Mexican food, you have all kinds of international cuisines. but at the same time about 90% of the population still wants to try all the different cuisines from all over india because they are in of itself so diverse so you have south indian food you have punjabi food you have gujarati food and all kind of food all over the city that's just amazing to eat that's great to know because uh, you know in the us a lot of times we just assume indian food is indian food we don't really realize that there's all these different flavors and nuances from all the other states within india well even within uh, the same state sometimes you can find a lot of uh, diversity uh, just in terms of the way the food is cooked or how spicy it is how much oil they put in it how much salt they put in this just so many differences which are very unique well for sure well i really appreciate all the different tips and tricks talking about mumbai now it's time for the final countdown so we talked about a lot of food places if somebody only had time for one meal in mumbai where should they go and what should they eat so if you're at the airport and you're probably making uh, just a connection I would say just step out and you can have a pav bhaji or a vada pav at one of the stalls right outside the airport if you really if you really have just one or two hours. Otherwise if you have about half a day I would say go to Khau Gali or go to Elko Market which is again located in the Bandra area where you can have the best of chaat food which I mentioned before. So if you are in Mumbai try vada pav try pav bhaji try chaat like the pani puri and that's something that you should never miss if you are in the city of Mumbai. Well, that sounds great. Uh, I know my wife loves Indian food, so we're going to have to go there and, and check it all out for sure. 
Yeah, so one of the things that you can probably download on your phones is there's an app called Zomato, Z-O-M-A-T-O. That's kind of the, what we use for Yelp in the U.S. And that's a really helpful app if you're looking for restaurant reviews and places to eat. Oh, perfect. That's uh, that's really good. Sometimes you never know what you're getting into. So sometimes you want to look on the app and see what uh, some of the most recent reviews are looking like. So you lived in Mumbai for 23 years. You go back and forth every year at least to visit. What's one of your most memorable stories of, of being in Mumbai? So there are actually a couple. One would be just having a lot of uh, late night walks and spending time at the Nariman Point. So if you look at the bird's eye view of Mumbai, uh, which is the southern part of Bombay, right next to the Gateway of India, it's kind of this stream of lights that goes around right next to the Arabi. And from an aerial view, necklace. So the area is being fondly named as the Queen's Necklace. And if it's raining a bit during the monsoons, it's just one of the most amazing experiences to take a walk around, uh, right around that periphery of the Arabian Sea and walking all the way up to the uh, Gateway of India. Uh, you can probably sip some coconut water on the way or eat a snack or two. It's just one of the best experiences. And I always do that whenever I visit Mumbai. The second one that I uh, would say probably the most unforgettable one is on the night of April 2nd, 2011, when India won the World Cup at the Wankhede Stadium. And that's probably when I have seen the city at its most joyous. Everybody was celebrating on the streets for a moment. Everybody had just forgotten all their problems in their lives, uh, what deadline they have at work the next day. And <laughs> the match got over late at night and everybody was just partying on the streets, screaming slogans and uh, waving flags. And I never saw any person complaining that night. So those are a couple of things that always remind me of some of the fond memories of home. Oh, yeah, that's wonderful. I mean, the, anytime you have that national pride from a, from a major win like that, and just everybody's just super excited and, you know, you forget all about any of the problems that are going on and, and for at least for that brief moment, you're having the time of your life. And that's actually very interesting because the last time India had won the World Cup was 1983. So when I was growing up, I used to hear a lot of stories from my parents and we used to always talk from our friends is, are we going to experience this in our lifetime? And it happened. <laughs> <laughs> and my father was actually one of the lucky ones to be at the stadium. He somehow got, got, got one ticket to the final and he, he keeps talking about this even to this day. I mean, it's, he will never forget that day in his life. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. That's awesome that he was able to be there. Speaking of happy times, where's the happiest happy hour in Mumbai? So there are a bunch of uh, different bars that I mentioned before. I would say that Parsi Cafe is a really good place to visit. It's in the central uh, uh, part of Mumbai uh, near Lower Parade. Then there's also a few on the lower end of the spectrum. If you're slightly on a budget, you have the Beer Cafe, which is again a chain. Uh, and then there are a few more like Kolaba Social, there is the British Brewing Company and there's one more which I found in the BKC area during my last visit. It's called Kichki. That's also a really cool place to visit for uh, a quick drink and a snack. Right on. Well, I'm all about being on the budget, saving my money and uh, getting to experience as much as we can. So the, the great suggestions for sure. One of the things I always do whenever I travel is get pepperoni pizza at whatever the local pizza place is. Are there any good pepperoni pizza places in, in Mumbai? Uh, so there's this place in the in the BKC area, which is the Pizza Express. That's really good. I haven't tried the pepperoni pizza yet, but I have friends who have tried it and they love it. Well, at least I know I can eat at least one thing when I go visit in Mumbai. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a little picky with food, but that's all right. I, I've had Indian food here in the US and it's been wonderful. So, okay, you and I travel extensively. Uh, what's one of your best travel tips? So with regards to Mumbai as such, I would say if you're visiting Mumbai, especially in the summer, I would say drink a lot of water, uh, about 75 to 80 percent 
uh, humidity during uh, most times of the year and uh, definitely try out the coconut water it's just amazing and it costs less than a dollar in general i would suggest that when you're visiting a foreign country the way i look at it is that you go there with an open mind and you don't judge what people are doing i would say to some extent also ignore what you're reading in the media and things like that because a lot of times a lot of the headlines are driven by clickbait you all know that so my favorite experiences around the world have been when i have gone there with an open mind and i've interacted with the locals and i've seen that people all over the world are just just amazing i mean irrespective of what you read at, at a granular level when you actually go and meet people in person they are just fantastic and they're always willing to help other human beings absolutely that's great advice for sure so okay ashish you know you and i we, we've been friends for a little while uh, on boarding area but uh, a lot of the audience may not know who you are can you tell us a little bit about who you are uh, where people can reach you and what's the best avenue on social media if somebody wants to connect with you i write as the points pundit on travel update which is also part of boarding area and then uh, if you want to get in touch with me you can follow me at the points pundit on facebook twitter and instagram right on well again thank you for being here uh, we really appreciate all your tips for mumbai and we look forward to seeing you when we travel there thanks it was a great time Big thanks to Ashish for coming onto the show and sharing his awesome tips for Mumbai, India. Show him some love by following him on Twitter at the Points Pundit. Send me a tweet at We Travel There to share your favorite thing about Mumbai, India. All the links we talked about today can be found at wetravelthere.com forward slash Mumbai. Whether I'm traveling for business or pleasure, it's important to have clothes that make you look good and feel great. I wear Bluffworks jeans, slacks, dress shirts, and blazers because they're wrinkle-free and designed for the modern traveler. And if they get dirty, a quick spin in the washing machine and they're good as new. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash bluffworks and use the promo code LEE to save 10% off your order. There are many styles to fit your needs, so that way you can stay travel free when you travel. For questions about an upcoming vacation, visit the We Travel There podcast community on Facebook for the best tips from travelers like you and me. Join us next time as we go hiking in Phoenix, Arizona with Kelsa Dickey of physicalfitnessphoenix.com. Kelsa shares our favorite places to hike, offers excellent tips on how to stay safe on the trails, and then shares our favorite place to eat and drink after working up an appetite. We hope to join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you subscribe, that way you don't miss any of our upcoming destinations. 